rightfully so. Come on, D. Is this low, Jack? <laughs> and the reason being is because we're in an economy that we don't really understand. It, we're, we're, people have been devastated. People have lost everything that they own. And, and we ask the question, why? Why would God allow this? Why would this happen to me? And sure enough, the answers can be found in the Ventura County Star. I kid, it's in the Bible. I'll be speaking from the New Living Translation, and the title of my message is, In the Beginning, There Were Consequences. Turn with me in Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 8. That's in the first part of the Bible. Thank you. Just here to help. It says, Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden, in the east. There He placed man He had made. The Lord God made all sorts of trees grow up from the ground. The trees were beautiful and produced delicious fruit. In the middle of the garden He placed the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed into the land of Eden, watering the garden and dividing it into four branches. The first branch was called Pishon, flowed around the entire land of Havilah, where gold was found. This gold of that land was exceptionally pure, aromatic resin, and onyx stone were also found there. The second branch was called Gion, flowed around the entire land of Cush. The third branch is called Tigris, flowed around the land of Ashur. The fourth branch is called Ephrates. The Lord God placed the man in the garden to attend and watch over it, but the Lord warned him, you may not eat the fruit. You, you may eat freely of the fruit of every tree, except the tree of knowledge, good and evil. If you eat that fruit, you are sure to die. The Lord God said, it is not good for man to be alone. I will make him a helper who is just right for him. So the Lord God formed from the ground all the wild animals, the birds of the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And the man chose a name for them all. He gave names to all the livestock, all the birds of the sky, all the wild animals. But still there was no helper just right for him. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. While the man slept, the Lord God took out one of the ribs of the man, closed up the opening, and then the Lord God made woman from the rib, and he brought her to the man. That is awesome. Yeah. Amen. Amen. I got to tell you, if someone came up to you and said, this whole description, how would you like to live there, what would you say? Absolutely. <laughs> if, if someone said, you know, you can work here and it would be great. The only boundary that he set was, just a, just a small note, can't eat from that. Everything else is cream cheese. How would that be? That... It is awesome. God strove to have a great relationship with Adam. He had 
a major project, you know, naming the animals, that's not a week thing. That's not a month project. He brings them in on the ground level, wants to encourage him and says, hey, why don't you name this? And lets him play a key role in it. Imagine he's, you know, all these animals going through. He goes, well, that's a ring-tailed lemur. You think? We, uh, we have no idea. But it had to be something where it's like, look, I want you to have a great relationship with me. Therefore, I'm going to bring you. I want you to share in all of this. He sets him up with a blind date on a woman. It appears to have worked out. And then he logs on to Facebook and says, hanging out with my woman. And then Eve logs on and says, likes. And it goes. And you know, God has done some amazing things in my life. You know, he's, he has met unequivocally every need that I can think of. And, and far surpassed that. He has met things that I, he works in my life in ways that I have no idea. And that's the thing. He continues to do that and set me up for success. Amen. He meets a lot of things above and beyond my needs. Like, yeah, you know, I think Dean would be encouraged with this. Like, Adam already had a job to care and tend the garden. He already had that. But no, no, I, I want you, hey, we're going to have this executive board meeting. You're going to do this. How encouraged would that be for you? That you know the CEO comes down. This is what I want you to do. All right, man. I feel like I'm moving up. That's the good old boy network right there. He's already being promoted to, to management material. Right. Yeah. And he does that. He, he everything that he knows that he can encourage us with. He does. Yeah. This is God's economy, and we don't understand it because we don't look for it. It's very simple. Simplistic in its nature, and we complicate it. Yeah. Quickly, we complicate it. Yeah. What are some amazing things that God has done in your life? What are some things that He has met 100%? Not halfway, like, yeah, you know, what has He done that you can look back and say, you know, that had to have been God? There's no other way. Think about that. So let's continue reading. Genesis 3. Starting in verse 1. This is where it gets really good. The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, Did God really say you must not eat the fruit? Of any tree in the garden? Of course we may eat from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we may we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. Sound argument there. The woman was convinced. She saw, she saw that the tree was beautiful, its fruit looked delicious, <laughs> And she wanted the wisdom it would give her. 
So she took some of the fruit, ate it, then she gave some to her husband, who was with her at ground zero. And he ate it too. At the moment their eyes were open, and suddenly they felt shame at their nakedness, so they sewed some fig leaves together to cover themselves. When the cool evening breezes were were blowing, the man and his wife heard the Lord God walking about the garden, so they hid from the Lord God among the trees. And he goes on. They discover it. But what, what happens? Drop down to verse 11. Who told you you were naked? The Lord God asked. Have you eaten from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat? The man replied, It was the woman. The wheels on the bus go round and round. It was the woman you gave me, who gave me the fruit, and I ate it. Then the Lord asked the woman, What have you done? The serpent deceived me, she replied. That is why I ate it. No one taking responsibility, just like in today's economy. No one takes Where's the government? All of this stuff is happening. No one's taking responsibility. So drop down into verse 16. It says, The Lord speaking to the woman, I will sharpen your pains of pregnancy. I will, and in pain you will give birth. And you will desire control to control your husband. That's funny. (laughs) You will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. (laughs) And to the man, and to the man, since you listen to your wife, Since you listened to your wife and ate from the tree whose fruit I commanded you not to eat, the ground is is cursed because of you. All your life you will struggle to scratch a living. It will grow thorns and thistles for you, though you will eat of its grains. By the sweat of your brow you will have food to eat until you return to the ground from which you were made. For you were made from dust, and to the dust you will return. Upon reading this and analyzing it, the first thing i got to say is, How did it get out of control? What were you thinking? The NIV version says that Eve looked at the fruit as desirable. That's the important thing. Because up to this point, we, were, we looked at, we don't have a lot of timeline. We don't know how long Adam and Eve were in the garden. There is no timeline. So we don't, all we know is what the Bible tells us, but they didn't have to deal with economic issues, pestilence. They were told to work the garden. There was no adverse weather. There were no diseases to destroy crops. No insects. They didn't have to worry about crop quotas to pay bills, loan interest payments on land, equipment to harvest. They didn't, whose face was on the currency? They didn't have identity theft, foreclosures, divorce attorneys. Didn't have any of that. This is the beginning of man's economy. 
This is what we must understand. And all we know is this economy. And, and we'll see that we invent ways of taking advantage of one another. You know, I've, I've made a lot of decisions that have seriously compromised my family, my well-being. Amen. I, I, I've lost hundreds of thousands of dollars in investments that was really, it was borrowed on. You know, I took a, loans out on my house. And it's, it's gone. So what did I give? Well, not only did I lose that money, but I lost freedom. Yeah. I stand before you as a, I'm a slave. Yeah. I owe people money. I'm no better than a slave. Right. So when I see this economy and everyone's losing everything, I have to work. I have no choice. And that affects me. That affects how I give to you. I can walk in and just be depressed about it and just say, toast always lands butter side up for you. Ha, ha, ha. It never works out for me. Why, why is that the case? How come every day it looks like it's great ticker tape parade and it, it, it just crumbles around me. Everything I touch, I can, I can seriously, and, and I get embittered. There's a point at which I hated God. I prayed. I did due diligence. I did everything I needed to do. I I followed advice. And that's what I got. And I did get embittered to God. Man, those that were close to me saw it. I mean, back away, just let me be. I'll I'll, I'll come back on center. Right now, I'm flying high and right. (laughs) But that's not God's plan. That is not God's plan at all. And, and what was the driving factor? It's a want. It was a desire. And it was a discontentment. And that's what gets me into trouble. I don't, I, you know, maybe I don't want to work like that. Maybe, just maybe, I got my own plan. God needs to be on board with that. Maybe if everything would have worked out, things would have been funded. We wouldn't have to worry about meeting here. Everything would have been taken care of. Maybe that's not God's plan. It's, it's, not, it's not me to figure all this out. My job is follow God wholeheartedly. My needs are content. If, once I do that and, and, and put away my wants, desires, and discontentment, I'm not anybody's slave. Therefore, I'm free to do these things. I don't need that flamboyant lifestyle. What are some of the thorns and thistles that you're struggling with? What are some of the costs it has come to you? That's what we need to address as a church. Let's continue reading. Genesis chapter 4. Starting in verse 3. I'm starting to lose my voice. Come on, Dean. Great. Starting in verse 3, it says, When it was time for the harvest, Cain had presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord. Abel also brought a gift, the best of the firstborn of the lambs of his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. 
the Lord made Cain, the, the, this made Cain very angry and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry? The Lord asked Cain. That's convicting to me because that was the same thing. Why are you so angry, Dean? Why do you look so dejected and depressed? Will you not be accepted if you do what is right? But if you refuse to do what is right, watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you, but you must subdue it and be its master. One day Cain suggested to his brother, let's go out into the fields. And while they were out in the field, Cain attacked his brother Abel and killed him. Afterward, God answered, God asked Cain, where's your brother? Where's Abel? I don't know, Cain responded. I'm not my brother's guardian. That's convicting. That is very convicting. First thing is, is that my heart goes out to any parent that has to bury their kid. The first death that the Bible talks about is a homicide that arguably could be premeditated. In either case, if that was Hollywood, they would be holding a candlelight visual in support of Cain. But it's not. But it was brought about because of a want, desire, and or discontentment. And I've done the same thing. I want that! I want that car at any price! I don't care what it does to my credit rating. I want that! I want to live in this neighborhood. Why? Because it looks good and people there look fabulous and it will only make me look taller. Thanks. And that's what I want to be, taller. And more hair. So we have this persona. We've got to keep up. And I can always point and look at that person and say, man, I want to be that person because the cut, the, the, whatever they touch turns right. The toast always lands butter side up. It works out for them. Why does it not work out for me? But what I don't think is, what's going on behind the scenes? I don't know what that person's dealing with. I have no idea. That person could be just beating his kids, cheating on his wife. Remember that commercial... About 10 years ago, this guy's driving around on a riding lawnmower talking about all the assets that he has. And he says, I'm up to my eyeballs in debt. Somebody help me. We don't know that that's happening. And then all of a sudden, there's a foreclosure sign in their front yard. What What is amazing to me is that there was no structure for giving to God. And yet, Abel did it anyway. That the whole concept of giving first fruits to God had not been introduced. This is where it starts. So, Abel did that, and it brought him closer to God. That's all he cared about. Sure, I'll, I'll do that. They were adults. They chose, they were the first people to choose their careers. And that's what they did. But the problem is, is that Adam and Eve's actions had gone full circle and manifests itself into their kids. At least one of them. And the question i got to ask is, what was Cain going to do with all of that? It's not like there was a huge population and he wanted to keep it 
to where he could corner the market in agriculture. What was he going to do with it? Why? He had a huge surplus. Why didn't he just want to give it up? God told him. Told him exactly what he needed to do. Look, give what, do what's right. Well, what's right? Well, you, you don't give to me first. That's it? Okay. Didn't want to do it. So even when we know what's wrong, even though I know what's wrong, clearly, no, because it doesn't go with my plan. And I can do that. It manifests itself in my kids. You know, I don't want to mention any initials, but Jackson, <laughs> that kid, I got to tell you. <clears throat> we can take him. To his favorite place is McDonald's. He doesn't even call it, he, he calls it Donald's. <laughs> and we can get, and, and when, when we go out to eat as a family like that, I, I try to get actually less than enough. Because, you, never, you know, I don't like leftovers. I don't like spending more money than what's required. And so he'll leave half of his food there. And they're fries. It should be part of the food group, right? And I'll say, well, you know, are you going to eat that? No, he'll go outside you know, to the player and he'll play around. Come back 10, 15 minutes later, they're still there. I'm eating them. And then he implodes. Oh, you know, like I'll buy you some more. It's never going to be enough. And then even even if you can calm him down and get him more, he's not going to eat it. Yep. And I think, well, where did he get that? <laughs> he got it from my wife. No, he he got it from me. I don't like throwing anything away. You know, I, I was really close to some of my grandparents who were part of the Great Depression. They don't throw anything away then. They don't. So you walk out in my garage, there's stuff I haven't touched. I'm not kidding. 15 years. i got to get rid of it. So we, we have, you know, in the last couple of years, just purging the house. Get rid of it. I've sold things that were near and dear to my heart. To just say, you know what, God, this is yours. This is my way. Why am I going to do it? Because if I can do it with that, I can do it with that garbage. You know, I, I can get rid of it. There's, that's where my kids are getting it. You know, uh, Christmas time, we get the kids one gift each and then something together. Our relatives just give them tons of gifts. They say, pick out one. The rest of them are getting donated. You're not being, and the reason being, before we started doing this, you'd find toys that never left the box. That's what they, they're, they're, they were getting it from me. What's being manifested in your kids? What are they picking up? What are you doing about it? You know, as you read further into the Bible, you don't have to go too much further to start reading about slavery, actual slavery. And, and, and I mean, this, so we, we talked about the beginning, how it gets worse. Imagine your kid being sold into slavery. God had this whole plan. And now, as a result of the want, need, and desire, I know I need to harvest my own field. But I'm not going to do it. I'm too lazy. That guy seems pretty weak, so I'm going to beat him down and enslave him and make him do it. God never condones any of this. He never condones slavery. He never condones governments or anything. What He says is, hey, 
Obey your masters. Don't give them a reason to beat you. And masters, I'm holding you to a higher standard. You know, the governments, if paying the tax is what you need to do to be above reproach, to be about your true purpose, do it. Do it. And the governments will be held accountable. But be respectful. He does not condone any of this. Why? This is man's economy. And it gets worse. You know, 10 years ago, you could have taken a $100 bill, threw it out into uh, the road, and got 10% return on it. Now, one person can affect an investment. Warren Buffett can take 15% out of any one investment, and it'll crash. Apple stock dropped when Steve Jobs died. You want to trust in that. That's what you want. That's what I wanted. Not anymore. It, it's not stable. Let's continue reading. Let's go to the New Testament. In Acts chapter 5. How's everyone doing? Good. Need to wake that brother up in the back. I'm kidding. <laughs> Give me an amen when you're there. Acts chapter 5. Starting in verse 1. Oh yeah. But there was a certain man named Ananias, who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming that it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You have lied to the Holy Spirit and kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or or not, as you wished. And after selling it, the money was yours to give away. How could you do such a thing like this? You aren't lying to us, but God. As soon as Ananias heard this, these words, he fell, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about this was terrified. And some young, some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, took him out, and buried him. About three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, Was this the price you and your husband received for the land? Yes, she replied. That was the price. Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the Spirit of the Lord like this? The young men who buried your husband are just outside the door, and they will carry you out too. Instantly she fell to the floor and died. When the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. So this is happening. Thousands are, have been baptized. And, and at the end of Acts chapter 4, it says that the, the body was like-minded, heart, mind, body, spirit. No one claimed that their possessions were their own. And it specifically says that there was no one in need. Amen. There's only two parts in the Bible where this has ever happened. Everything is in unison. No one cares about 
anything else but meeting needs and the fellowship. And that's in the garden and right here. And that's what ruins it. It is short-lived because of a want, a desire, and or discontentment. It's, it's, it, I, I, the, I wonder if they would have just said, no, it's, it's not the full price. We, we thought that we'd kind of keep some back and there's a couple things we wanted to do, but that's what we feel in our heart wholeheartedly to give. I, I, I think that would have been fine. But Ananias and Sapphira wanted the kudos for doing something that they didn't actually do. The persona. I want that. I want to be known for this. I want, I want, I desire, it looks good. I'm never happy. And the thing is, is that it drives. For me, it drives. It circumvents anything that God is trying to do positively in my life. Because, again, I see it in my kids. It, what, I can do stuff for my kids, and it's never enough. And that's me. God can do things in my life. It's never enough. It's, I'm never going to be happy. Right? So what, what can you do to navigate what's going here? Four years ago, we started... We backed away and said, you know, after all this happened, i got to stop. And this is where I started to come back on center. I'm going to stop. I don't care about that anymore. I don't, I, don't, I don't care. If it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. Things get, don't get funded, they don't get funded. If I have to work the rest of my life, so be it. But I will be happy. I'm going to serve God, and I'm going to do the best I can to get my family to heaven. Amen. And what that requires is, to master the want, desire, and discontentment. So we, we have aggressively tacked our debt. We, we have gone after. We've, we, don't, we haven't had cable in our house. Oh, we, we watch Netflix. That's it. It's either Netflix or whatever's on Hulu. Or else it ain't getting watched by me. Unless I go to one of your houses. <laughs> Just saying... I went without a cell phone for six months, and now I have a prepaid. And oddly enough, it's not an iPhone, but you know what it does? It makes calls. <laughs> I did, I did dial-up. I did dial-up for six months. I got rid of you know, all of that. And it, in the event I ever get an, an iPhone again, my ringtone, I want it to be that electronic handshake. Because <laughs> I'm telling you, that was, that was awesome. <laughs> And you know, I, I look for ways of saving money, sell things, everything. So my, my point is, is, and it hasn't been easy. Satan has gone after me. There's a lot of things that I've wanted. We've had major repairs that we've had to do to our vehicles, our house. But prayerfully, by this September, we will be out of consumer debt. Wow. The only thing we will have is our house and house-related. The house, the second stuff, and, and then it's take care of it. But, you know, we're not out of the woods. Last two years, Juliet's job has been on the chopping block. It's going to be on the chopping block this year. And just keep on keeping on. You know? Be faithful with what I have. And it's not easy. I, you know, again, this, this doesn't change. I didn't get into this position 
in one day. I'm not going to get out of it in one day. But here's some scriptures that help. You don't have to turn there, but you can write these down. In Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. My ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For as just the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Deuteronomy 10, 4, 14. Look, the highest heavens and the earth and everything in it all belong to the Lord your God. Psalms 24, 1. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The, the world and all of its people belong to Him. 1 Corinthians 10.26 For the earth is the Lord's and everything in it. I believe it's pretty clear. Psalms 34.9 and 10 Fear the Lord, you godly people, for those who fear Him will have all they need. Even the strong young lions sometimes go hungry, but to those who trust in the Lord will lack no good thing. Amen. That's awesome. Matthew six thirty one through 33 So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your Heavenly Father already knows your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Philippians 4, 11-13 not that I was ever in need. This is convicting. The, the other stuff wasn't. <laughs> For I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live with almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, plenty or with a little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. First Chronicles 29, 11-12. My favorite. Yours, O Lord, is the greatest. The power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and earth is yours, O Lord. And this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Wealth and honor come from you alone. For you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand. And at your discretion, people are made great and given strength. And I leave you with this comment. I have underestimated Satan's objective. He's not concerned with winning me over. His objective is to obscure my focus. I cannot simultaneously focus on two different points at the same time. I need to keep that in mind. We need to keep that in mind. And using the power of wants, desires, and or discontentment that I have let reign in my life so prevalently, I can see how easy it was for all of this to have happened with an apple. Have a great day.
Thanks, Dean. First time I ever had to adjust this. My name is Rodney Chavez. Going through a lot of changes, Rodney. Well, like Dean, Rodney has always wanted to be taller. <laughs> 